from the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia to around the globe. You're listening to Shark Bite Biz, your exclusive place for business strategy, sales, marketing, and tech in the roaring 20s. And now, here's your host, David Strausser. Good day, afternoon, evening, wherever you are. I'm your glamorous host, David Strausser. Welcome to the newest episode of Shark Bite Biz, your place to grow a business during complete chaos. We've got a great episode slated for you all today. Something I think that you will all appreciate as right now we're living in this digital meeting world, but we are going to be transitioning to hybrid or full-blown like it was before. First though, okay? If you're watching this video on YouTube, smash that little join button. You should see it underneath the video or right there on the channel page. You can support this channel directly for as little as $3 a month. And that'll give you some exclusive perks, stuff like that. And the best thing of all, $3 a month, you become a baby shark. <laughs> you can't get any better than that. And, you, you know, we also have our own coffee brand as well, too. Our coffee is called Dead House Coffee. You know, zombie in the morning, you drink coffee, and then all of a sudden, you know, you turn into some dude in a tuxedo, and you're like, what? Good morning, my lady. So <laughs> we got deadhousecoffee.com. Use code SHARK. All the proceeds from that sales directly support us producing the biggest and best shows we possibly can. It allows us to get more ads out there, get people involved, get higher quality equipment, do better everything. So there's two ways you can support us. Again, join on YouTube for as low as three bucks a month. Or if you really want something pretty cool, go to deadhousecoffee.com. It is the freshest coffee you can get. It is literally roasted within 24 hours of being shipped to you. So let's get back to today's show. We got an awesome interview with a guest that I think super relevant topic for us being, you know, both with brand ambassadors and also developing some meaningful relationships when you're networking and at conferences and stuff like that. You know, eventually we are going to go back to the way things were. Maybe not in its entirety. I definitely think there's going to be more of a hybrid approach when we go back that instead of everything being exclusively live, there's going to be a limited live stream, for example. Um, that way you can get more people to the show. But still, you know, the question going forward is is that how do you strike meaningful relationships at these types of events? Because you just don't want to be that one person that's walking the whole floor, giving their business card out to every single person there. You want to give your card out, give your name out, give your time out to people that can mean something to you either now or in the future. Before we go into the show, okay, I do want to mention that you all know that I pride myself on the quality of the show. I really, uh, from day one, it's like, hey, 
we might be a small podcast with three subscribers, uh, way more than three right now. We're approaching 4,000. But I wanted the show to always look the best, biggest quality that we could. Uh, did have a little mic snafu. Apparently, it seems like during the interview with our guest today that it recorded off the wrong microphone for me. So I apologize. My voice is rough. We've cleaned it up as much as possible. Tolerate it for this episode. I apologize. But our guest mic is perfect. And definitely listen to her because she is the one that's bringing the value to this interview anyways. So who is today's guest? Jennifer Taylor. Jennifer Taylor is the principal of Jen Taylor Consulting, a consulting firm that works with creative businesses of all sizes to implement streamlined workflows and organized systems to find more time and space for business growth and personal development. She is also the owner and founder of Tailored Events Group, a leading event planning company that serves local and destination clients in both Washington State and Maui, Hawaii. So without further delay, let's bring Jennifer on in here. Business Strategy. Jen, welcome to Shark Bite Biz Europe. You just became Shark Bait. No, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, no problem. So we have a tradition on this show. Very, very, very first question for every single guest that comes on. It's a loaded one, so be prepared, okay? So, Who are you? What's your experience? What's your background? What are you an expert in? What do you do for a living? Tell us. What makes Jen, Jen? Well, uh, 16 years ago, I had left my corporate position in a wireless company. Wow. Uh, they, were, they were being bought out, and um, they did not um, extend my trip down to uh, wherever they were located. And so, oh. I to, and that was fine. I decided I was going to become a wedding planner. So I yeah. became a wedding planner in 2000, and, late 2004, 2005, and have been planning weddings ever since. Uh, 2018 was my last big full wedding and event. And then I started transitioning into business coach operations, things to help the wedding industry learn and become better equipped to have a, you know, operations background that can work for them. There are that, a lot that, that's actually important there because one thing now, yes, we're talking wedding industry specific for you, but in general, creative business owners, a lot of times they lack that structure of the operations area. And that's where their businesses really struggle. Yeah. So I, I, that is my, that is my background. That is my, I guess my secret sauce, you know, between yeah. project management and operations and creating workflows and operating procedures and really helping those creative business owners, whether it's the wedding industry, you know, wine industry, you know, creative business owners really go and say, okay, let's look at the back end, the unsexy part of their business. They don't yeah. want to do that. It's not fun. It's like, oh, going to stay away. So oh. that's what I love to do. So if I, if I worked for the wine industry, I would get paid in wine. No, <laughs> I have plenty of wine without being in the wine industry that long. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, it's and so that's that's what I do. That's where I've that's where I've taken my business. And so uh, since 2018, um, I've been focusing on that. Really, um, you know, with the with the pandemic coming in, it was really a good time for people to actually take some time to do that. Even though oh, yeah. they were so stressed with everything else, it's still a great time to look at the operations of your business. How do you run your business, and how to make yeah. sure. That when you do expand, you can you have everything in place that just makes it so much right, easier. Right, right. A lot of downtime this past yeah. year for wedding industry. <laughs> so I, I've got to ask one general question about the wedding industry. And then it, it, it's probably a weird question. So try not to laugh too much at me. But what is like going into, I guess, 2001 to 2012? Were they like the golden years for weddings? Because you would think you'd have people that wanted to get married 010101, 0202202. I got married in 121212 because I figured, well, it's the last chance I could do it. I mean, unless they create a 13th month. So we got married 121212. Is that true or is that just in my head? There was, I mean, seventh, you know, um, 777 was a big yeah. one. Eight, eight were were the two biggest because those are, Consider six, six, six. No, no. <laughs> and it depends. It really depended on when they fell. I think um, both of them were close to if they were Friday, they were close. And so if they're during the week, not so much. But mm-hmm. um, but I do remember, um, and I can't remember what date it was, if it was the seven or the eight, there was a venue we were working at and they were just turning them and they were just they just kept going. So, um, so yes, um, 12. And, and then there's the, you know, the numbers that go forward and backwards. And we had, I mm-hmm. had one of those um, in 2019, because it was, it, it the numbers had lined up. And so, um, so yeah, so now it's, now it's the people that are totally number geeks that want to yeah. have the same number going forwards and backwards. Okay, okay, there you go. That that's that's pretty cool. I just often wondered that and I was like, yeah, you know, let's find out. But uh, anyways, one of the things that you also said in your intro that I personally find intriguing, and everybody that watches, listens to this show, they know my day job, I'm not a podcaster. I actually do ERP for Vision 33. We specialize SAP Business One and also Sage Intact which is like that back back office management software doing all the workflows and all that stuff like you were talking. Is that the type of stuff that you get into or how do you explain how you help them with that back office stuff? Yeah, so it's really sitting down and, you know, and talking about how do they want their business to run? What is that workflow look like? What does their onboarding look like? What does their offboarding look like? What systems do they use to help them do that? Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's really going through and saying, how how do you want it to work? And then is there a system that can marry that? Or do you need to create a whole new, you know, system? And, you know, or do you have to change the process? It's mm-hmm. really sitting down and going, how do you want to do your business? How don't you want to do your business? And how can you how can you automate it to make it so much easier for you in your business? So I don't necessarily get into the systems and all of that, um, Mm -hmm. but I do help them go through and say, here, here is how my business works. 
So when you go through and you're getting into how it works, I mean, what kind of deliverables do you have? I mean, are you doing like uh, uh, flow charts, like Visio charts? Are you just uh, drawing some uh, drawing circles and arrows? <laughs> I mean, I can use Visio. I haven't used Visio in very, a long time, but oh, yeah. it's really just for me. I, I learn a lot easier uh, with pen and paper. Mm-hmm. Um, then and then taking it that taking that to the computer instead of starting right. on the computer. like I'd like to write it out because then I have you know you're able to kind of do that flow and say right. how does this work and I'm not going into in depth I mean most most of the time most wedding and event industries are not that um I will say not that complicated uh-huh. so you know it's it's sometimes it's fairly linear with just a few offshoots sometimes it can be a little more complex but um, but yeah, that's, that's how I do. I sit plus, down and talk to them. Plus you have the added benefit that, uh, doing it with, you know, pencil paper, that pencils come built in with an eraser to fix things. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you're, you're, you're talking about the businesses. You also just said about how, you know, like, Hey, what's your onboarding strategy? I think a lot of people, maybe it's just me. But when I think wedding planners, stuff like that, I usually think of a one person show that's organizing it. But then when you said onboarding, it got me thinking, I mean, how many people are how many people are there in an actual, you know, medium sized wedding planning, event planning type business? So for, you know, and this is why wedding planners have really become, because there's more and more other wedding professionals involved. And so you Mm -hmm. need one person to kind of corral the cats. And so it's for, you know, an average wedding, you can see up to 10 to 15 vendors. Um, And that doesn't include, you know, that could or could not include the dress, the tuxes, all of that stuff. So, you know, it depends on how, how much they want to have and where, Mm -hmm. And where they're getting married, because sometimes you have a venue, a caterer, and a bar t- a bar service. So that's where where at other places that's just all in one. So it really depends on where they're getting married. But yeah, right, right. You know, the big ones you can have up to twenty to twenty five vendors. So you, it, it's you really, brought up tuxedos. You should see me in a tuxedo. It's pretty fun. <laughs> Was it the light blue ones from the 70s? Yeah, oh, yeah. Especially, especially when you see me in a tuxedo, like, at the bar. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a, it's, a fun, it's a fun gig. Yeah, yeah. So let's, you know, overall, I mean, you're talking background operations, but you do a little bit more than that. I mean, you're doing a lot as far as brand ambassadors and stuff like that. I think... Some small businesses are kind of confused. Like, what's a brand ambassador compared to just marketing or having a customer testimonial? Can you give us what your definition of that is and how the brand ambassadors can help grow a business? Yeah. So originally, you know, the the planners I had uh, that I that I had for my own company we consider them brand ambassadors. Well, if you okay. take that to a bigger picture, you're, the entire wedding industry can be a brand ambassador. The definition, okay. the definition from Oxford is a person special, 
especially a celebrity who's paid to endorse or promote a particular company's product or services. Well, especially a celebrity. Especially. I guess today well, that can go to influencer too. That's right. They have to change it. So who are your influencers? Well, it comes down to a couple different, you know, things. Where do you, mm-hmm. where do you as a person frequent? If you frequent the same, you know, coffee shop or restaurant or florist, you are now their brand ambassador. Right. If you are, if you have a, the same ideal client as another business, they you can then become brand ambassadors together because you're working towards the same business, the same client. Right. Complementary businesses, wineries and catering is a great example, especially through COVID. I live in a in a town that is you know, filled with wineries. And so yeah. how did they work through this during COVID is they partnered up with catering, catering, who also needed the business to say, hey, let's do date night dinners every week. Let's do this. Let's do that. So those those become brand ambassadors. I mean, it almost sounds like a partnership. Yeah. So, so for example, if I were to partner with you and it's like, this is a hypothetical example, but you're working with a large company, their processes, flows are messed up, and you're like, hey, you know what? Uh, you should give David a call, or let me bring David in here because his company really specializes in fixing that. In that aspect, then, you would be acting like a brand ambassador, correct? Correct. Correct. That, that's a good point and a way of thinking about that. I don't even know if I really fully thought about brand ambassador that way. I think I've always had a different image of what the brand ambassador would be, but how you put that definition is, is clear day. So what, what turns that peer or acquaintance into a brand ambassador then? It's really the, the working relationship. Mm-hmm. If you, you know, you've become, you know, you're, you've worked together, you've, you know, you've worked a lot of events together or a lot of projects together. And then you're, you know, spouting, you know, done reviews, you've done testimonials, you're like, this person's the bomb. I really love working with them. And then mm-hmm. you to your to your clients. You know, when my clients come from to me, I'll just say for weddings, I had a group of I had four or five, you know, other professionals that I'm like, here's who you need to hire. Wasn't like, oh, I would like to hire to this. Like, no, these are the people you need to hire because one, it makes my life easier. And two, believe me, it will make your life easier. So those become brand ambassadors and they do the same for me. If somebody comes to them saying, I'm going to get married in Hawaii or I'm going to get married down in Oregon or I'm going to get married wherever. And they're like, oh, you really should talk to Jen. She's a great planner for destination weddings, especially you know, this, that, and the other. So it's, it's building those relationships and then, you know, and then you're working together already. So you're just building that relationship and you're building it more. And then you just become the brand ambassadors of those, of those companies. Kind of funny how so much in life always comes back to the personal relationship aspect. It's all about it. I mean, that's, it doesn't matter. Um, You know, I, you you talked you know like what if I don't like this person well you know they're they're on this wedding you're going to work with them you're going to be nice you're going to be you know it's a Mm -hmm. great working relationship but at the end of the day you don't have to put them on 
your referral list or whatever. I mean, I don't right. I'm not going to give you the photos because until I'm on your on your referral list. And I'm like, great, you're on my referral list. Well, little did he know I never had a referral list <laughs> because I just have a I, I have a an ongoing list of people that I like to work with. It's not published anywhere. I don't give mm-hmm. it to my clients. It's an internal list for myself going, who's the best fit for mm-hmm. these people? And it's built oh, on yeah. No, that's, that's great stuff. And I really like, like I said before, like how you're, you're phrasing this, because I think it makes it very clear. I know as you're talking, I got like a million different things going around in my brain, um, because this is all extremely informative. So like, how can people go out then and really try to develop meaningful relationships beyond the obvious industry-related spaces, you know, like you're going to network meetings, conferences. I know younger on in my career, I would stink terribly at networking. I'd meet people and it would be like, oh yeah, hey, how you doing? Yeah, I sell software. You want to buy some? And uh, I wasn't very successful at it. And eventually I kind of got the, the hang of how to do it, how to build the relationships and how to tap into that power. But what would you recommend, especially during right now with the pandemic and everything being digital, what's your recommendation of how to kind of kick that off? It's, you know, it is hard, especially during, I mean, I, I as much as I'm, I'm an introvert, I love to go out and network and meet yeah. people. And, and build those relationships. When I ran networking groups, I would start that relationship with, you know, if they come to a meeting, I'm writing them a, a note, thanking them to come, you know, for coming to the meeting and hopefully have them join the networking group I'm in charge of. And then you just start finding your people. I did the uh-huh. same, I just did the same talk for a woman who roughly the same, you know, the same topic she wanted to do her own summit for her people. Okay. So it wasn't a huge amount of people, but she's like, you know what? I want to bring on these, these experts and do a summit for my people that have helped me with my business because we can't get together in person. So right. she did the summer and she did like three days, one week and two days the next week. And it was all different types of topics that was related to what they did. And so that might be a way to, you know, you find ways to say, okay, who are my people? I, you know, the, the standard things, write them a note, send them, you know, don't send them the normal gift. I mean, send them something that is, if they're always going to Starbucks, well, then that's great, but you're not going to send everybody a Starbucks card because somebody may not like going to having coffee. So, right. I just got cookies. One of our guests, the, from this show that their episode will air very shortly. In fact, it got skewed up a couple because, <laughs> because they sent me they well, sent me the best cookies ever. But yeah, then yeah, those are I mean, yeah. so that's kind of where you start and then you become friends. I mean, really for you know, I've got a group of, you know, four really great wedding professionals that I'm friends with. We hung out, we would do socially distanced whatever. And we talk about what's going on and how we can help each other. And then, right. you know, you're just, you're finding ways, whether it's on the phone, whether it's socially distance, hiking, golf, going skiing, you, whatever it is, 
you're going to find a way to make those connections. And if you're, yeah. if you're new to the industry, then start reaching out to those people who are complementary to your business. I so, would take it a step further than just doing the the relationship. I, I, I throw the word personal in there a lot more because I think having that personal touch really gets it to the next level. And I want to, I have this right here on my desk. So I'll show you, this is from another guest that was on the show, David Walks, And um, he is the CEO of Handwritten. And he sent me this thank you note. You should be able to see it pretty clearly there if yeah. you're looking on YouTube. It looks like a perfect handwritten note, right? So his company actually produces handwritten notes. They can personalize it to your own handwriting if you want them to. His is for his own handwriting. But that's one of the little things that he does that try to help automate that personal touch. To, you know, yeah, it costs a little bit more to send one of these, but you're saving a lot of time. Yep. And that's, and that's the best way to do it. We had a list of our favorite wedding professionals and we had a schedule of when to send out some, there was something similar here in Seattle for a while, send out those notes, just saying, Hey, we're thinking about you. We'd love to, you know, we'd love to work, you know, for the ones that we hadn't worked with a lot, or we wanted to work with a lot more, we wanted to do that. Um, and we've got the same thing from other professionals that would want to work with us more. And right. so it's really, and then, you know, as I said, with COVID, it's hard to, to get together, but there's still ways to do it. And, right. you know, what's what's your state looking like is the best way to, to, to go back and say, okay, how can I start meeting these people? Oh, yeah, and, definitely. Definitely 100%. So, I mean, with that, let's just say we're past COVID for a second. And what can professionals do to really, I guess show up more for their community, both online and offline once this is done? What can they do to kind of get more of the presence besides just going to networking meetings? That, I, that's how I grew my presence was going to networking meetings. And I would go to four or five, I probably went once a week. I wouldn't do more than that um, because I get tired. And so, mm -hmm. um, but it's really you don't look like a person that gets tired. I uh, introverts. Yeah. I'm a I'm a I'm a very slow on a on a little level of an introvert. So I can network like like crazy, but then I need to take like three months off. Yeah, and go, okay, <laughs> I need to go and turn and go recharge. But I love to go out and meet new people and see what they're doing and and help them and and. And that's where you can, you know, sit down with them and go, hey, let's talk about your business or what's, you know, what's going on. You want to get personal with them. Even if like, if, if you even don't even know them, like, hey, I've been watching you follow them on, you know, if you've worked with them, give them a review, give them a testimonial, but also follow up with them personally and say, I really enjoyed working with you. And I really want to work with you more. How can we make that happen? How can then no, grow yeah, sorry. Uh, I was going to say, how do you do that, introduce, start talking to people without it being so cringeworthy and awkward? You just have to. Hi, I'm Jen. Been, <laughs> I mean, I've had people do that to me, and it is. It is. I was like, people are like, oh, my God, you're, you're this. And I'm like, oh, my God. I said, I still put my pants on the same way. I'm not anybody special. Yeah. Um, 
but it's really about like, okay, well, let's now talk. You think I'm great. I want to mm-hmm. see what, what, what I want to know why. And two, I want to know more about you. I want to learn about your business or what you do or how, how, how you're special. And that and- drives me nuts. When I go to net, if I'm at a networking event and I'm trying, cause you know, they always say, Hey, you got two years, one mouth, use it proportionately, especially in sales and, you know, be inquisitive about them. But then you're up with somebody who's doing the same strategy. Like I'm trying to find out about him and it's uh, like, <laughs> you, you just, I mean, you know, whether you take it, you're like, you know what, you're going to have five minutes and I have five minutes. Here's the there time. You go. Um, there you go. <laughs> like um, a chess match. Bam. <laughs> okay, yeah. So it's really just, it's after COVID is just really reaching out to those people you want to meet with and have, you know, and some people may not want to have coffee or do anything. They may tell you, hey, I'm going to be at this ne- this next networking event. Come meet me there and I'll talk to you. That's fine. Uh-huh. But there's going to be people that say, sure, let's meet. Let's, you know, let's talk. Or with now with everybody doing Zoom, you can do this virtually all day, every day. It's right. like, okay, my cup of coffee. Let's talk about business. Let's talk about you. Let's talk about me. Let's talk about how, you know, what are the opportunities for that? So... What would you say would be a good approach then as far as being able to reach beyond the industry-related spaces or your local community? I mean, we're in a place right now. Yeah, if you're if you're wedding industry, you're probably going to maybe just focus on the U.S. But if we broaden that, let's just say it's an e-com business or a small manufacturer or some kind of professional service company, how can they broaden their reach then to start networking with places that are outside of that local hub where they're located? Look at the national, is there a national group that you can Mm -hmm. start with? And start there and say, okay, I'm, you know, for, for the, you know, the net, for the event industry, there's, you know, ILEA, the International um, Live Event Association, or right. the National Association of Catering Executives. Um, there's WIPA. I mean, there's all these national groups that you can start getting involved in. It still has to be at the local level, but then you're starting to reach out. You're starting to get your name out on the higher level, on the on the national right. level. But there's also, you know, community boards, I'm going to say, you know, Facebook, um, Instagram, all those places are ways to to reach out to those people and say, hey, mm-hmm. I think you're pretty awesome. <clears throat> I've been following you. I want to I want to connect with you further. Right. Have you have you gone to one of those uh, like Zoom calls or I, I guess a lot of people are using things like Clubhouse now or some of those other apps and services out there to go into a cold networking meeting, one that you're not really associated with people. Have you been to any of those at all? I've been, you know, as a speaker, yes. As a person going into those, um, not on a national level, locally, there's been a couple um, and you just, you just say hi and talk to them and chat and and, then you're going to find somebody that you're like, you're going to let's hear that you're going to hear everybody's either story or you know what you know what they do yeah you know, I, and so I, you know, I've, 
let you know you just start yeah. taking notes and you just start seeing who are the people and maybe you just take a screenshot of everybody's name and then do the background search after them yeah yeah that's true too i mean for me personally i i, I get invited to a lot of these things like hey we're having a uh, drinks after work uh networking event join us 7 p.m and to me it's it's kind of I, I don't know if it's pointless, but it almost feels pointless because it's like, hey, look, you're going to be one room. There's going to be 50 or 100 or whatever people there. I'm not going to be able to network as I as I normally could. Maybe I can meet somebody that could or could not have any value to my life, but it, it just doesn't seem like it's a good a good spend of my time. Like, I think the ROI on that is very low. It is very low. And it's just a matter of like, what, where are you looking for somebody? Or are you just looking to, 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 to have the connections and, yeah. and just be seen that you're there. And that's where you're going to have to figure that out. But I think once we're able to meet in person, then you really sit down and go, okay, who's going to be at this, who's going to be at this event? Who right. do I want to meet with? Who do I want to connect with? But at the end of the day, those brand ambassadors are going to be people that already know, like, and trust you or that that also that the ones that you frequent, you know, often, you know, like the coffee shop or the restaurant or any of those things, those people will leave referrals for you. You leave referrals and not uh, testimonials and, um, and referrals for them. Okay. Okay. So we do got a circuit it wrapped up, but I do have another question or two here for you. First one is, you know, again, we're in this stingy pandemic that just does not want to leave planet earth. And who knows how much longer it'll be here, but it is something that we are all forced to Except you don't have to like it, but accept it. It's here and we have to deal with it and learn how to deal with it. What is one tip that, you know, managers, directors, small business owners, young executives, what can they do to start getting some sort of networking built into their day-to-day operations? Who's on your list? (laughs) <laughs> who who are who are the people that you wanted to meet before all this happened? Do you have that list? If not, mm-hmm. create that list and then start reaching out to those people. And whether yeah. it and whether it's a phone call, whether it's an email, whether it's uh, you're following them on you know social media and you and you DM them, um, it's those types of things that you're that is the best way to start having those conversations. No, that that's. Great advice with my team. So again, you know, doing ERP, I manage everything under my territory. That means all the customers in the base fall under me, well, my people, the sales, as well as the professional services team. And what I noticed is, you know, the professional services team, I mean, you got to think these are very project management oriented people, um, very structured, the excellent job, uh, but they kind of stink as far as personal branding goes, as far as 
being able to network and do things like that because it's not really in their forte like it would be for a salesperson to be able to do. So I've implemented over the last probably about two months to where I force them, literally, well, it's an optional forcing, okay? But everybody takes advantage to where it's like, hey, I'm going to go through, I'm going to help you revamp your LinkedIn profiles, okay? And I want every single person here to spend at least 30 minutes a week just out there talking in groups. You are a subject matter expert. You hold a lot of information. Go out there build up your brand, build up your personal profile and basically take Vision 33 for a ride on your coattails. And since we've done that, I mean, it's been pretty successful because now they're getting questions like, oh, Susan, you've answered these accounting questions so much for us. We want to find out, like, how can we work with Vision 33? How can, you know, what's the process? How can we become your customer? Because we want you working on our systems and stuff. I mean, do you think that's a a good strategy? That is a great strategy. I mean, it's what we need to do right now is like, who are those people you want to work with? Who is your ideal client? Mm -hmm. Where, Where are they hanging out? Who are your, you know, and then you can just take that to say, okay, who's our brand ambassadors? Who's, uh-huh. Who are the people that were complementary businesses or that were working with the same ideal client? Like who are, you know, if you want to take that, but for networking, yeah, get out there, go to LinkedIn, go to Facebook groups, anything like that right now and get that going. And if you have a list of people that you've just kind of let sit and saying, you know, when things get better, I'll reach out to these people. No, reach out to them now. Yeah. You know, yeah, definitely that. get on their radar now. Get on their radar now. Right, yeah. exactly. So I guess let's wrap up before I get all your, your info and stuff like that. Let's wrap up with this one last question. Just a lot of businesses are struggling. Some have figured it out. Some have pivoted um, nicely, or maybe they just made a pivot that's good enough to where they're maybe they're growing their business a little bit, but they're not doing nearly enough of what they should be. If there is one hanging fruit out there that can help these businesses, what do you think it is in terms of the brand ambassadors networking? What advice would you give them? is if if you don't have a list of people that you need to be, you know, create your list of people that you want to reach out to and start reaching out, whether it's on a a day. I mean, I think that's the best low hanging fruit that you can, you can do. Um, And then the next thing is test, you know, go through the people that you do work with, leave them a testimonial, leave them a social media, you know, review. Those things. Go so when you're saying leaving them a testimonial, are you talking as far as hey, jumping on their LinkedIn profile, leaving them a review there? You're talking about leaving yes. a, a review Everywhere. on their Google page. Everywhere. 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 Just just sit down. I mean, it can be the same thing. You can just write the review and then Yelp. I mean, whatever they are. <laughs> you know, wherever they on they're on, go do that. And that's, you know, and that's, it makes them feel good, makes you feel good. It helps, you know, everybody. And then, and then that's, and then you can do that to the next person and the next person and the next person. Wow. Hey, this has been amazing. 
So now, now that you just told us how to stalk brand ambassadors, why don't you do me a favor? Tell me how shark bite bizzers can stalk you. Well, I'm Jen, uh, uh, um, Jen Taylor Consulting, both on Facebook and Instagram. And my LinkedIn is uh, Jen Taylor Consulting. And they can Perfect. find me in all those places. And um, there'll be lots of things coming up. Um, we're doing a little little you know switcheroo on social media so you'll see a lot of stuff coming up uh awesome definitely going to be looking forward to that and again everybody out there whether you're watching on youtube listening on spotify itunes google Podcasts, or the other five kabillion places you can find trick bite bids look down in the description right underneath the brief paragraph of today's episode topic you will see the link to be able to reach out to jed hey jen thank you so much this has been amazing i hope you had fun i had a great time i love talking about all this stuff ah great you can now officially exit the shark cage thank you yes thanks cheers Wow, that was such an incredible interview with Jed, wasn't it? First, you all know the routine. If you found this interview helpful, if it sparked those warm and fuzzies, do me a favor, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, or if you're on some place like Spotify, iTunes, you're probably going to have to hit the follow button. But follow, like, subscribe, whatever it is. Help us out. Leave a comment. Join the discussion. Let's get people conversing about all these great topics. But if you really want to do us a solid, okay, do me a favor. Share this interview out. Share it out on LinkedIn. Share it out on Twitter, on Facebook, whatever social media platform you use. Your company's the Amherstream. Share it there. Get it out. I would love nothing more than Jennifer Taylor and Shark Bite Biz to be trending. Now let's get back to our rock star guest, Jed. I mean, that's just an incredible story and a wonderful career transformation. And even after she did do her career transformation, she further transformed because how, you know, I really love how she transitioned from wedding planner herself than to kind of be in a business coach for those in the wedding planning industry. Many creatives, whether it's wedding planners, musicians, or whatever, they do kind of lack a lot of the formal business skills of operating a lean profit generating machine. People like Jen are critical in helping those planners turn their passions into true viable, large businesses. I love how she looks at things about helping them automate their business and how to make their lives easier. Remember, automation is one of those things that get a bad rap, you know, big misconceptions about that. And, you know, you have to really think automation is not a job killer. It's not. It's something that's meant to make your day-to-day life easier and allow you and your employees to focus on profit-driving activities instead of the mundane tasks that just eat away all of your time 
and adds to more and more stress. Jen does a perfect job at helping her clients identify that and figure out the solution that they need moving forward. I also like how, you know, we were kind of talking about gifting and sending gifts to people that can be of value to them. Just like I, I gave a perfect example in the story there in the interview where Rock Paper Coin sent me cookies as a thank you. Oh my God, they were such good cookies. And it's those types of gifts that really kind of stuck with me. They went out of their way. They're guests on my show. They didn't have to send me anything. I, I love it, though, when you do send me things, whether it's a book or a T-shirt. I use them. I love them. I read them. <laughs> and when he sent me cookies, I'm going to eat them. But it's one of those things that really stuck with me. And it helped force, I guess you could say, a bigger and better relationship between us because I really valued you know, their token of appreciation uh, that they felt you know, that they owed me for coming on to the show. They felt obligated to give something to me because of the platform that I gave them to tell their story. And that's where it was pretty awesome. Lastly, I wanted to touch on the brand ambassadors part. You know, this needs to be a big part of your business plan more now than ever. You need to, to identify those people and find a way to have synergy so that you can help each other meet, you know, your mutual goals. As Jen said, they are going to be the people who love, know, and trust you. These are the people you need to reach out to and really focus on the relationship building with them. And it's going to involve meeting eventually, you know, in person more than likely. But you have to find ways to keep that relationship blooming in the meantime until this darn pandemic ends. And you can really, you know, carry out your plans with them after that. But in the meantime, you've got to kind of, you know, see the synergy there, see how you can help each other and start trying to work towards those mutual goals. Brand ambassadors are critically important in order to get your success. And uh, yeah, I guess we're down to the question of the day. How many brand ambassadors did you, do you have and how did you find them? Leave a comment on YouTube or you can discuss on the podcast channel that you're watching this episode on. Well, I guess listening to this episode on. Let's find out. I think that's a good discussion. I'd love to hear all your takes about it. And remember, if you want to be a guest in this show, shoot an email. Got a new email address just for interviews it's interviews at sharkbitebiz.com last two things i want to remind you please join the channel not only just subscribe but hit that join button three dollars a month that's pocket change that is one starbucks coffee a month okay you could become a baby shark you get some special perks you join the channel it's going to be pretty cool or if you want your coffee then you can go to deadhousecoffee.com, use the code SHARK, get 20% off. All proceeds go directly to helping grow this channel. Once again, that's deadhousecoffee.com. And you all know this by now, but I'll say it again. I'm David Strausser. This is Shark Fight Biz, and we'll see you all next episode. Cheers. 
Thank you for listening to Shark Bite Biz. We hope you got some insightful info from this podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us through your favorite podcast app and visit us on the web at www.sharkbitebiz.com. How has business changed for you in the 20s? Email us at podcast at sharkbitebiz.com so you can join us and share your story. 